0: September 29th, 2020, Dave Gasper here with co-host Matt Carroll and special guest John Egan, or as you might know him on Twitter, Brent Suter's actual Raptor. On this episode, we'll discuss the Brewers' playoff series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Brewers made it to the playoffs, uh, getting the eighth seed, and they will face off against the Dodgers in a 2018 NLCS rematch. Uh, Lots of things to discuss, so uh, we'll get right into it. So the Brewers, uh, they they went into the final week of the season uh, really kind of needing a strong push, needing some good games. Uh, They lost two out of three to the Reds. They lost three out of five to the Cardinals. But yet somehow they made it in by the skin of their teeth uh, because the Giants faltered down the stretch. The Phillies faltered down the stretch. And it really seemed like no one in the National League wanted that, that final ace spot uh, in the postseason. So the Brewers ended up getting it because uh, they broke a tiebreaker with uh, the Giants. Even though the Brewers lost in the final game of the season, they got uh, the conditions that they needed to get in. So they're here. Eight seed against the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have been the best team in baseball pretty much all season long. Uh, and it, it's a familiar foe in the playoffs. Brewers played them in 2018 NLCS, all seven games. We don't need to go over all that heartbreak, but heading into the 2020 series, um, it's it, it's a best of three, and in a series that short, uh, John would go to you first. In a series that short, anything is possible.
1: Uh, for sure. First of all, hello. How how are you? Good. Everyone good? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. i was almost i was tempted to do a raptor sound but then you said my name first instead of my twitter so i was kind of lining up a raptor noise and then i kind of panicked and then i'm glad you said my name so uh yes uh no yes uh anything can happen obviously it's it's almost catered to the brewers this three game series uh, and against the dodgers because we know them we've played them and i think uh, you know the contrary to the Brewers, the Dodgers really haven't had a whole lot of turnover. I mean, they've added uh, bets, but besides that, it's it's basically facing most of the same team.
2: Yeah, I mean, so the Dodgers, you know, they finished with the best record in Major League Baseball. Uh, They got to play in a tough division with the Padres, but they didn't get to spend that time in the NL Central like the Brewers did, beating up with similar teams like the Reds, the Cardinals, the Cubs. a lot of people use that it depends on how you look at it a lot of people like to justify saying that the NL Central is weak because they didn't have any standout teams yet how can the NL Central be weak when four of their teams ended up making the playoffs you know which is kind of something that Trevor Bauer threw out there on Twitter too so it's going to be interesting yes the Brewers backed their way into the playoffs they're the only team in the playoffs with a losing record the Dodgers have the best record in all of the playoffs, uh, and that goes for the AL as well. So it sure seems like the cards are stacked against them. Yet, like you pointed out, it's just a three-game series. We have Brandon Woodruff on our side, which I feel like we should just match him up in whatever game Kershaw is playing and just let Woodruff bat, man.
1: Right? Yeah, they should. I mean, it, it makes yeah. sense. I mean, it would it would please our Twitter Friends, and that's about it. But I mean, <laughs> everyone of us would just be so confused. But no, I and I agree. I think that that they're going to. Honestly, in my opinion, I think they'll do Suter, Woodruff, uh, Lindblom. Uh, I have no idea when they're going to put in Lauer, uh, but I'm sure you guys have seen that floating around that Eric Lauer is ridiculous against the Dodgers. It almost seems like it was a chess move by David Stearns to get him, knowing someday we would play him in the playoffs and beat them. Like it was just, it seems almost too perfect that Lauer would be amazing against the Dodgers.
0: Yeah, and the Brewers, as we're recording this right now, they still have not announced who is going to start which games. Um, We're kind of assuming it's kind of looking like it's going to be a a suitor start for game one, and then Woodruff is going to go game two on on normal rest, as opposed to pushing Woodruff up for for game one. Uh, I really think that it kind of makes the most sense to have Woodruff go in game two, and, and obviously with Ah, uh, Corbin Burns going down, getting injured. Corbin Burns was going to be the guy for Game One. He was lined up for that for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, and you know it, it, he really would have been the best option for uh, then for that Game One start. But he goes down with the oblique injury, and because of that, um, the Brewers are kind of left with some, with someone else for for Game One. And I think it's going to end up being Suter, who is you know obviously uh, John's favorite player. But, um, yeah, you know, I think that puts them in a pretty good spot. And then with, with whatever happens in game one, if the Brewers lose game one, then game two is an elimination game. And you have Brent, and you have Brandon Woodruff, who is your best starter, pitching that game. If the Brewers win game one, then they can clinch in game two. And you have your best starter, Brandon Woodruff, out on the mound. I think it just makes the most sense to have Woodruff go uh, in game two, uh, no, no matter what.
1: Yep, especially since the Dodgers are doing Kershaw. Uh, I mean, their their starters are a little deeper. But, I mean, compared to their starting rotation at the beginning of even this season, they've almost had a complete overhaul. So it's not like, you know, they've got technically better pitchers, but they've been through the ringer as well when it comes to starters.
2: Yeah, I know John wrote the story the other day about how Souter has earned this chance to start really he's our next best option now that burns is out and woodruff is in game two you've got hauser who's really struggled brett anderson mm-hmm. we don't even know if he's going to be available for the series yet because they haven't announced the rosters um lynn bloom had two good outings and then his last one was not great Oof. yeah Suter, in his four starts he gave up two earned runs in one of them and zero earned runs in the rest of them uh, the yeah. brewers won three of those four games they clearly know how to set up that suitor start generally pairing him with Freddie Peralta who, yes, he had a bad outing on Sunday, but consider how that went on Saturday. He actually started warming up towards the end of the game, just in case he was going to have to come in and then they didn't end up throwing him. Then he has to come in cold the next day when Anderson goes out for injury. Prior to that, he was one of our best relievers for the entire year. So I think under a normal circumstance here, him going back to back with Suter really sets up well to throw those Dodgers hitters off and give us as good a chance as any. Then, like you said, Woodruff in game two, it's either a clinching game or a stay alive game. Either way, having that arm out there and that on the mound is going to be a good situation for the Brewers.
0: Yeah. yeah, Right. It really just kind of, they they just kind of set up that that group well with the bullpen days. I mean Suter Suter is not going to be a guy that that goes six or seven innings for you. He he's not going to be your traditional type starter in that sense. But yeah, you pair him with with Freddie. I mean you got the soft tossing lefty with the hard throwing righty, uh, and it just kind of goes back and forth. And I mean then you get to uh, Drew Rasmussen and then Devin Williams and Josh Hader, and you can really just kind of lock it down um, by just kind of getting six or seven innings through both Suter and Peralta, which I think is, is very doable. So I, I think it definitely would make the most sense. But the Brewers are are not announcing uh, how they're going to go with this and, until basically as late as they possibly can. And if we remember back in 2018, the Brewers pulled the same kind of thing. Like They were announcing their starting pitchers super late, um, whether they were just waiting – so long to decide or the whether they just wanted to throw off the Dodgers. Um, then, of course, there was a game five where Wade Miley started, faced one batter, and then Brandon Woodruff came in to actually start. Um, so it's, it's just kind of been these, these pitching head games that the Brewers did back then. And even now, they're, they're pulling the, those same kind of tricks.
1: Uh, it's absolutely amazing that baseball literally changed the entire way pitchers have to pitch because of the Brewers winning. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> now pitchers have to base at least three batters which seems insane it doesn't speed up the game in my opinion but uh, whatever Manfred wants to do to keep his job for the next year
2: <laughs> oh gosh we could have an entire episode on how we feel about Manfred but uh, oh yeah, we would let's talk about the, the happier things a, like yeah yeah yeah, up, sure, right? yeah yeah we're clearly all
1: huge fans of him the, the, the <laughs> yeah. extra innings rule is dynamite no one's angry mm-hmm. about it or annoyed and then so yeah I think really Suter, I, I, sorry, I, I was going to say, I, I, I think Suter can easily go five. Uh, his last start was on a double header day, and they were only doing seventh innings, and he went four, and he probably could have gone another, but then they, were, they did Williams and Hader to close it out. So, I mean, you could see, easily see Suter go five if he's having
2: a good night. Yeah, what will be really interesting is if this does stretch to a game three, what the Brewers are, will end up doing then. Um, again, we don't know if they'll have Brett Anderson. He would be the most logical starter uh if he's not available for this round do they just go to Lindblom? bloom he'd be the next natural starter do they try and pull something crazy like they did before throw like a ray black for an inning and then bring in lynn bloom you know that'd be an interesting change of pace but no.
0: uh
2: it yeah. we got to get there first and uh we'll see what happens yeah i yeah. saw
1: some or, yeah other rumblings of like topa starting you saw like topa Yardley, yeah. <laughs> then you throw in limb like so who knows? Yeah. But I agree. I, I, my my assumption would be Lindblom, and then they'll throw out Lauer or Yardley, and and so you know, just hopefully the offense can take off from there.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Or you could just put Eric Lauer on the roster, have him start because, like like he briefly mentioned earlier, he he does extremely well against the Dodgers in seven starts in his career. Eric Lauer has a two point one one ERA. And at at Dodger Stadium, he's got a 2.12 ERA. So, I mean, it's basically pretty even. But but that was in in three starts at Dodger Stadium. Then he had four starts um, out in San Diego against them. But, yeah, I I looked at the numbers. And, I mean, he just – he dominates them. He doesn't give up hits, doesn't give up runs. Um, He he gets strikeouts. And um, Lauer – Lauer is successful also with with a cutter. And I saw this on Twitter earlier too where basically the Dodgers – their hitters are not very good at hitting the cutter for for whatever reason. That, that like that that's just like one pitch they've struggled with. And first of all, that just makes you further miss Corbin Burns because he's been throwing like think Burns cutters hard, the last yeah. <laughs> the last couple of starts. And it's like, man, if, if if he and his cutter were out there for game one, just carving him up, man, that would have been something to see. Really would have helped um, his definite Cy Young case, even though that's just a regular season thing. I know that, but, you know, just <laughs> pointing that out there that he had one. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it's just kind of interesting. And it just kind of makes it look like, it's like, you know, maybe Lauer would be a decent option. Like, from what he's shown this year, I don't know if the Brewers can trust him and, and, uh, and just want to go off of what he's done previously in 2018 and 2019. But he's, he's interesting because, I mean, he's got talent. He struggled this year, like so many other Brewers players, but he's got talent and he has previous success against this team.
2: Yeah. It's, it's tough to decide whether or not you would actually want to risk that because he only had the one good outing. Um, yeah. He's got the background, but it just things have not looked good for him lately. So no. do you even risk that or do you just let him get back to that pitching lab over the winter and kind of rework his stuff out. Cause remember he looked good in spring training, really good in spring training actually. And then when he finally came and pitched, uh, it was something like five or six strikeouts over eight or nine batters in that starting against the Cubs. Like he was lights out. And Mm -hmm. then he came to, to that start versus the Reds and it was completely opposite direction. So I'm sure it will depend. And that's all assuming that he actually is on the roster you know, in the postseason, there's no guarantee that that actually happens. If he is, does council just hold him in there as that wild card going, I know you've got it in you against the Dodgers, <laughs> but just deploy him at that right time. I don't know. It's, it's a scary thought though, that we're talking about him being the potential difference maker, right? Well, yes, for sure. And, and you know, that during the series, there's going to
1: be at least two times that everyone collectively is going to be annoyed at council or whatever he decides uh, even the dupe, you know, the deepest Brewer fan, but we'll, we'll see, you know, it's uh, almost worked out every time. <laughs> so, like,
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I remember last year on Twitter after the wild card game, everyone was, was trying to rip council for having Hader in there in the eighth inning or in, like taking out whoever and like putting Grisham in there and like, Oh yeah, you know, Grisham's terrible, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I remember everyone was ripping them after the wild card game and really no matter what happens as manager, like if, if it goes wrong, everyone on Twitter is going to blame you. And, and that's just kind of yeah. part of the whole thing. Uh, I, I, but- in, in
1: in retrospect, the, the fact that people would still be clinging on the fact that it was counsel's fault for that wildcard game just shows you they're not a fan. I mean, it wasn't Council's right. fault that Hader had the weirdest inning ever. He, he didn't have command. A, a plunk hit batter that was technically the barrel of the bat, like a broken bat single. Uh, Juan Soto apparently – getting you know the strength of god to hit an amazing hit uh like to destined to get them in the playoffs like it's crazy it's everything that happened was so bizarre that would never happen again
2: yeah no that set up exactly how the brewers wanted it to set up um not to dwell on you know last year's wild card sorry but uh, (laughs) remember woodruff was just coming back from injury he wasn't going to go many innings he ended up putting in a good start they bring in pomerantz he does well you know it and got to Hader when they wanted to get to Hater. It's, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it realistically, it went exactly how council scripted it and how he should have scripted it. But yeah, that's, that's all we're going to say about that.
0: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and then now you get to 2020 and, you know, he was having it scripted, you know, Burns game one, Woodruff game two. And really, I mean, those two back to back in a postseason series, I mean, they can really kind of carry you through the month of October. Um, whether it's a three-game series or five games or seven games, you know you got those two guys, and and they're going to be making up a bulk, the bulk of the starts in those series. Um, then I mean you're really in a you're really in a good spot. Plus with Devin Williams and Josh Hader in the back end of the bullpen, I mean the Brewers were really set up well. And then Burns being injured uh, really kind of changes that whole thing. Um, but it's really kind of a matter of, you know, the pitching just has to continue doing their job and the offense needs to wake up and, and the offense hasn't been able to do it all year. Um, I put an article out on reviewing earlier today. I'm um, just kind of looking at looking through all the hitters, all the pitchers and just how they performed at Dodger stadium. And unsurprisingly, one of the best of the bunch was Ryan Braun. Uh, he's a 306 career hitter there in like 150 plate appearances. Um, in all ballparks where he has at least 100 100 at-bats, uh, Dodger Stadium is the fifth best ballpark for Ryan Braun in terms of OPS. So wow. okay. uh, he has success there. And, you know, he's got to be healthy. He's got to be in the lineup. And, you know, the, this lineup is going to have to be able to score enough runs off of Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw uh, to be able to get – to be able to get the Brewers in any sort of chance to succeed. For sure. Uh, Yeah. That, that
1: offense needs to, you know, like you said, wake up and we've been saying it since game two. I mean, really, but uh, we're, you know, Vogelbach worked out, which was the craziest signing I've ever seen and instant uh, amazing work, uh, especially after smoke was, you know, up and down and you're, you know, as soon as you designate smoke and you sign him, everyone's like, well, you got him for a worse hitter and he just goes off. It's just, That's baseball in a nutshell. Uh, But yeah, I think it's gonna. It's up to Yelich and Hira, basically, in my opinion. If they show up, the Brewers will win. I mean, Yorko and uh, Vogelbach are hitting fine. Arcia, the Urias, fine. Uh, But uh, Nottingham, okay. Nar Nar Narvaez, uh. but so it's really just gonna determine on that.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of finding finding those guys to to get going. I mean, Arcia, um, you know, he's provided a spark in, in postseasons past. I mean, he's been a really good hitter when when it kind of comes to late in the year and, and in October. So, uh, and he, and he did a, he had a really good series there against the Dodgers uh, in 2018. Yeah. Um, so I mean, he's someone that you know maybe being in the postseason will, will help spark him. Uh, Dan Vogelbach, as you mentioned, um, he's been a big big help since coming over. Uh, but he got hit on the wrist uh, there in the final game of the regular season. Uh, the Brewers aren't really sure whether with his injury, he'll be able to go or not. Uh, so that's going to make things a, a little bit tougher. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be depending on, on Yelich uh, who has struggled at uh, Dodger stadium historically. Um, and, and Hira Hura's has never played there in his career. Um, and he's really kind of been struggling throughout the year. So but I mean, I mean, hey, the Brewers, for whatever reason, have had success against aces. Um, like they've hit Jack Flaherty well, they they've hit you um, Darvish, but you know, it's kind of the no name guys who struggle with them. So maybe with the aces, with Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw, uh, they're they're going to be able to find something. Yeah, and remember
2: uh, in Trevor Bauer's second start against us. Uh, He gave up. It was three or four earned. I can't remember, but that was the four four earned. That was the most he had given up the entire year to that point. It might be literally the most he gave up the entire year. So we can hit those types of guys. And this year has always been a matter of can the Brewers get to four runs? If they get to four runs, they have a seventy-five percent plus chance of pulling out a victory. Four runs against that pitching staff must be might be tough, Um, but it we've got. Keston Hero, we've got Christian Yelich, we've got Ryan Braun. It sounds like of the three guys who are injured between Gamel, Brett Anderson, and Vogelbach, Vogelbach is actually the most the one they're most optimistic about. So if we can get him going okay. as well. We've got an offense that can put up hits and runs if they can string them together and if they can drive them in with runners in scoring position. The problem is the Brews have actually been middle-ish of the pack when it comes to – driving in runners with score in scoring position. Wow. Uh, Christian Yelich, however, has been terrible at it. Um, I threw it up there again in a piece today, and we talked about it in the last podcast, but just to bring it up one more time, Christian Yelich last year batted 327 with runners in scoring position with a weighted runs created plus of uh, 169. This year he's batting 132 with a Oof. weighted run created plus of 66. That's like, Orlando Oof. Arcia territory from prior to this year. Like that's what he normally does. Um, that shouldn't be what Christian Yelich normally does. No. So if they're going to set the table ahead of him and the bottom of our lineup at times has actually done that, whether it's Jace Peterson getting on base by walking, whether it's Arcia, you know, having his moments, um, whether it's uh, Avi having a decent game, there's been the opportunities for Yelich, and it, for whatever reason, when that happens this year, he hasn't come through. If he can just find that during this round, for all he has to do is find it for a game or two, right. someone else can do it in right. the second game. Like, just one game, just come up big in that opportunity, and there you go. There's our few runs that we need to get by, and we've got the pitching staff to get us through there, especially if it only were to last two games.
0: Yeah, it really kind of—it's just kind of been waiting on him all season long. It's like if he can just get it, and he come and he comes up in so many opportunities, and every single time he he ends up falling flat, pretty much. And I mean, there have been a couple instances where, like you know, the it was a strike three called, and the pitch was totally not a strike, and mm-hmm. you know that that's been happening to a lot of guys this, this year, but seemingly Yelich a lot. Uh, which has really been frustrating to see. And, and I'm sure frustrating for him. I mean, he's, he's more frustrated. Like, we're all frustrated with, with how poorly he's been playing. None of us are more frustrated than he is with, with how bad he's yep. been playing. Like, he is so tough on himself. And you see, like, during these in-game interviews and post-game interviews, when he's talking about how terrible he is, how he's sucking right now, and, you know, all these other things. Like, he's got so much negative self-talk going in there about, about how he's been performing. And really just kind of what he, like, he knows it's up to him. He knows everything's kind of centering around whether or not he can uh, perform offensively and he knows he hasn't been able to do it. So he's continuing to press and press and press and, and mentally, you know, it's putting him in a really tough spot to get out of.
1: For sure. Yeah. You, you just hope he can get going. It's yeah. But it's, All we can do is hope. I mean, really, but I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't, you know, back, if he just continues what he's been doing, but yeah, it'd be a nice surprise to show up in uh, October and, and blow everyone away and just find something to get over a hump. I don't know if it's a different location or just a new team to play that you haven't played this year and just everything different in the atmosphere. I don't know. Uh, You just hope for the best, but you never know. It's, it's, it's just nice to have some extra free baseball this year when they're, (laughs) When you only get sixty games, and uh, considering their start and the way they were up and down, and all those one-year contracts that mostly didn't work out, except for Jed, basically. Uh, and I mean, Sogard's kind of come back after getting some playing time after his wife had a couple passive-aggressive tweets uh, about it, <laughs> and so uh, we'll see. Uh, Sogard could surprise too. You know, he'll he'll probably switch off with Urias uh, at third. And, uh, yeah, who knows? Like I totally forgot about Jace and until you mentioned him, he might get a game in there if he keeps walking. So who knows? I don't, I don't know. I don't have much faith in him, but next year he might, you know,
2: break out. Who knows? You know, he's one of those guys who could end up being a late inning replacement. If someone's gone over two over three, you know, throw Jace out there, see if he can draw a walk or something like that. Mm-hmm. it's possible, but I would much rather not be seeing him in the starting lineup. I think right. we've got a group who we can rely on. And you saw it, you know, a relatively consistent lineup over those last few games. It should be looking something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Taylor
1: surprises, maybe, you know, uh, maybe Avi starts hitting, you know, anything could happen. So, but yeah, I hope playoff RCA shows back up. That would just be, a hilarious Brewers legend that Arcia always just kind of kind of plays, and every time we get in the playoff, he goes off. I mean, that's that's a legend's legendary status, just to have a man just to blow up every playoff series.
0: Yeah, it's it's like Braun coming through always in the clutch in, in September and whatnot, and then for October you got Orlando Arcia. I mean, it, it's not quite the same level of <laughs> same level of threat uh, that, that you think of. It's like, oh, Ryan Braun's coming up versus oh, Orlando Arcia is coming up. Two very different thoughts.
1: And I'll say, I think, uh, especially Yelich, as the season's gone on, definitely got more disciplined, uh, especially because when Braun was back, uh, it it was just crazy the amount of times he was able to draw some walks, especially because Braun was hitting the ball uh, and just getting on base. I mean, that was incredible the last couple weeks uh, to to watch that. I I was very impressed by that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Yelich's swing percentage has really kind of gone down. I mean, he's taking a lot of pitches, and he's looking at ones that he normally swings at and crushes, and – He's also swinging through one, so he normally swings that and crushes, but, you know, he's also laying off a bunch, and, uh, yeah, his swing rate is way, way down, and, you know, it, it's been weird to see him like, like it this year, because, you know, it, it's just been so odd for him for so many reasons. I don't know if it's, if like, not having fans is a part of it, uh, but... You know, he just has looked mm-hmm. off really since uh, summer camp got started. Um, I don't know if it was like he wasn't doing enough during uh, the shutdown or uh, what it was, but he got himself in a kind of a weird groove and he hasn't quite been able to to push himself out of it just yet. Uh, so it, it might be somewhere it just kind of takes another off season and just kind of, completely mentally resetting over the next couple of months and and coming back next February.
1: Yeah. They, it's, it's been weird kind of all the way around. I feel like, I mean, you've got, you know, uh, even on the Reds, they had this stacked lineup and, you know, besides Nick, uh, I mean, really, really who's consistent on that lineup. Uh, Vado's all over the place. Moose was up and down. You look at, you know, even the White Sox who, I mean, Abreu came out of nowhere, but then you have Grandal taking a step back, except, you know, as we speak, he hit a huge home run today uh, in the playoffs. But again, it's it's so weird. And and I agree, it's a weird year. I mean, I'm sure he was training, but look what the bubble and the break did to the Bucks. I mean, uh, wh- what are you going to do? It was a, the craziest thing I've ever seen. It was a completely different team. Uh, who knows what this team would have been like if in normal circumstances. It's and then, but now you look at the Packers and I've never seen Aaron Rodgers more happy that no one's in the stands and he can do hard counts and have nobody <laughs> distract him. Uh, and he's just carving up defenses. So it's, it's strange all around for sure.
2: You know, if we're going to get crazy, let's just go ahead and get ultra crazy. Let's throw Arcia in lead off. Mm-hmm. There we go. You know what? He had four yeah. hits the other day, two doubles, two singles. Um, He's looking good recently. I'm only saying this semi sarcastically. Garcia, the last week or so that he was in the leadoff spot, he did not hit particularly no. well. I don't think that's a natural hitting position for him. Yes, he's a speedy guy, but he's just not, especially this year, just not a table setter. So, you know, give someone else a chance who might actually be able to get on base and not necessarily three or four batters away from your big hitters. I don't think it's that. I said crazy. I don't think it's that outlandish of an idea to throw him at the top of the order, especially with the way he's performed in the playoffs before. I mean, they need something to spark them to score runs. I know that postseason isn't exactly where you start tinkering with things, but if your leadoff option hasn't been working, why not try something a little bit different?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that crazy. right? And, and um, I think a lot of people are. I mean, it's really just kind of, you know, putting your best guy up there and having your best hitters uh, come up as many times as possible. And Orlando Arcia, um, as we've talked about on the site has really kind of been one of the more consistent hitters the Brewers have had all year. You know, he hasn't, you know, put up, you know, crazy high numbers, but I mean, for him, I mean, they're really good, really solid numbers. Uh, it's been an improvement for sure. And I, I think that's something that the Brewers really need to look at, especially with the lack of success they've had at the leadoff spot since Lorenzo Kane opted out of the season all the way back in July. Uh, I think he's something that, that they really have been missing uh, all year. They've missed, they've missed his presence in the, in the lineup. They've missed his presence in the outfield. They've missed his presence in the clubhouse. And, you know, just kind of not having him there, I think just made things, you know, it just kind of helped spiral things out of control uh, for this Brewers team at, in the early going. And, you know, some that they weren't really able to uh, come back from. And, and now they're trying to, Um, get to it here in in these final, you know, in in the postseason. So, um, big series, you know, best two out of three against the Dodgers. Um, What do you guys think are are the actual chances? What what do you think are the actual chances that the Brewers win this series? John, we'll start with you.
1: Uh, I believe it's, it's over 50%. I would say around 50-50. I'm pretty confident uh, in the Brewers winning this series just because they are the underdogs. Uh, Dodgers came in. I, I just think of Milwaukee, uh, the Bucks for the NBA. They came in with the best record, basically got stomped on uh, by most teams. Uh, being the, the magic was way too difficult of a series for them. Uh, so the Dodgers might be the same case. They haven't seen the Brewers this year yet. And uh, it's just the Brewers have got momentum. They've got the underdog status. And I, I just have this vision of them beating the Dodgers, going crazy, and then just being destroyed by the Padres. Like I just have this like vision of just them like just winning upset so high. And then the Padres just dismantle them.
2: Um, as much as I threw out the positive positivity train on Twitter earlier, I'm going to be a little more pessimistic with my chances. I'm going to put them at about 30%. The Dodgers' offense is crazy good. Um, I did also throw out there in the piece I put up today that though the Dodgers led the league in home runs this year, the Brewers were actually fourth best at limiting home runs in their uh, home runs per nine. So if they can limit that in this series in a pitcher's park, they will have a fighter's chance. And if they go ahead and throw Souter out there in that first game and go Brandon Woodruff in the second game, I mean – that gets a lot closer to evening their chances. Um, it's The Dodgers are a juggernaut this year. Let's make no mistake mm. about that. But the Dodgers also have their own postseason demons. How many uh, World Series did they win last decade? None. Six, zero? 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 Exactly. zero. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, they have a history of faltering in the playoffs when it comes to it uh maybe it'll just be an earlier exit this time around
0: so brewers have the work cut out for them but it's definitely not impossible yeah i remember last year the the dodgers they were eliminated by the nationals there in the nlds um in the series that the brewers probably should have played them in so that would have been another interesting series that the brewers had gotten there and played them last year um for this year i want to put their chances at at one third, 33 and a third percent chance of um, winning the series and and moving on. Um, You know, something where I think Woodruff uh, should give them a a really, really good chance at a victory there in game two. And if they can just win um, one out of those other two games, um, I I think they'll be in, be in a pretty good spot. I, I don't know if they'll be able to, to win in, to win in two or, or if it'll have to take three. But I don't know who the Dodgers are going to have go for game three if it takes that long, but is that going to be like Tony Gonsolin? Are they going to save Dustin May for that? Or is Dustin May going to pitch, you know, in game one or two in relief? Uh, that, that's really something that I don't know if they've really kind of talked about yet. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go a, a one out of three chance that, that they advance and, and move on. It, it, I mean, it is baseball. Anything can happen. On paper, the Brewers pretty much have no shot. But right. baseball isn't played on paper, uh, thankfully, for, for all of us. So I think it's something that uh, really makes, um, you know, it, it's going to make for a very good series. And, and it's something that um, I, I think a lot of people are sleeping on. I mean, it look like, you know, all the MLB experts, the ESPN experts, you know, the Athletic, everyone, they all picked the Dodgers to win the first round. Um, and, you know, it, it's not like, the, this isn't a Duke versus, you know, Southern California University of Pennsylvania <laughs> State Tech in, the, in March Madness. Like, like it's, it's not that kind of like one versus 16 kind of thing. So, you know, th- there's an actual shot at, at an upset in this series. Um, I think it's higher than a lot of the experts think just because, I mean, it's baseball, things can go, you know, completely different, differently. The Brewers could pop off for, for 10 runs in either one of those games easily that they they could just as easily get shut out. It's really the same kind of thing. So um, I think it's really going to, going to be interesting with, with how it turns out. Um, So we're going to kind of, uh, Gecko's wrapping it up here on uh, this week's episode of the Cold Brew Podcast. Uh, John, any uh, final thoughts? Uh, final words?
1: No, uh, that pretty much wraps it up. Like I said, I, I can't believe I'm the positivity train on this podcast uh, for the Brewers, but uh, uh, I'll take it. Like I said, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm thrilled that there's you know more baseball and the fact that we made the postseason three years in a row. A lot of people forget, you know, uh, I'm, I might be a little older than both of you. I have no idea. You look younger than me uh, based on my stress lines. But uh, I remember, you know, going to high school and the, the Brewers were terrible almost my entire life. Uh, so the fact that, you know, three years in a row we've gone into playoff games is is crazy. And I mean, it's probably going to be like that for a while uh, unless Stearns leaves or, you know, something happens where we, we, we just refuse to sign people. I mean, it's it's going to be something that we're always going to compete for. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the Cubs are, who knows the Cubs are always going to be competitive, but they've got a lot to do this next off season. A lot of decisions, the Reds are the Reds. I mean, uh, Cardinals will always be good somehow, even if they spent $50 million on their payroll. Uh, so I know I'm excited. I'm just excited to be a Brewers fan
2: right now. Yeah. Two final thoughts. Um, one, don't forget, we took three out of four against the Cubs at Wrigley earlier this year. We can beat a good team on the road. And also it's 2020. So YOLO, I guess.
0: Anything can happen. It, it's 2020. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that's really, just I have not heard be... YOLO
1: in a while. I just, it shook me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John, I, I remember, um, I think the first season I remember, uh, like watching Brewer games that was like old enough to remember was was 2002 uh, which as most Brewers fans know was not the greatest season uh, no. in franchise history <laughs> no it was not a uh, hundred plus losses oh man it, it was it was rough uh, but yeah so suffered through a lot of losing us Brewers fans over the years but I mean three playoff seasons in a row Uh, It's a huge accomplishment for the Brewers. First time in franchise history. They've been to the postseason three times in a row. Um, A lot of credit to Craig Council. A lot of credit to David Stearns. Even though Stearns is is a little upset with himself that a lot of his moves um, last offseason didn't really work out this year. Um, A lot of credit goes to him for building still a very strong roster. um, And a roster that's made uh, three straight postseason appearances. And... You know, who knows? Maybe they'll be able to find some success uh, this year. And, you know, like you said, Matt, it's 2020. Anything can happen. So uh, with that, that'll do it for this week's uh, playoff preview episode of the Cold Brew Podcast. Uh, Be sure to tune back in uh, next week when we'll either be talking about a new playoff series that the Brewers are in or the beginning of the offseason. So the whole season will be wrapped up by Friday at the latest. And uh, be sure to tune in next week for another edition of the cold brew podcast for John Egan and Matt Carroll. I'm Dave Gaspert. See you next time.